Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. Today I sit down with Christine McMillan. I met Christine through a business group, Mind Your Business, um, that we did for a couple of years together. And she is a travel advisor and has been one since 2020. We have a great conversation about how she was working in a field for many, many years that worked for a while until it didn't. And she really started to both have the pull to make a new decision, take that leap of faith and create something that really felt soul satisfying to her. So after 20 years in one business, she transitioned into becoming a travel advisor. And I really love the fact that she not only, you know, goes to look at all the places that she helps people um, create the, the dream vacations for but she spent a year in Valencia, Spain uh, during COVID and had some really remarkable experiences that informed the services and support she gives to people looking for travel advice and looking for travel assistance. So join me in welcoming Christine and we'll see you in the episode. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman, and I'm here today with Christine McMillan. And Christine and I met in a business group that we were in for probably at least a year together. And that's when I found out about her travel services. And um, Christine, you'll have to correct me, but I know your business is called Macmillan Travel Design. And I know, you know, back in the day that it was, we we called a travel planner uh, an agent. And so is that still the right terminology to use? Yeah, I think a lot of people definitely still know that term of travel mm-hmm. agent, but I think it's the role has evolved. And so you'll find in the industry, people trying to use different terms like travel advisor, travel designer, yes. things like that, just to kind of reflect on the industry being becoming more modern, more personalized mm-hmm. um, versus just a booking agent. So yes. that's yes. really where the terminology comes from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I thought I was picking up on um, travel designer just in your, your work and your website. And so it makes me think of how the role has changed so much because in the neighboring town, Oak Park, I'm always on one of the main streets and there's still a brick and mortar, small um, travel services firm. And it's kind of shocking to me that that exists in some way. Maybe it's a front for something else. I don't know. But um, <laughs> Please, I, hope that. <laughs> you know, I really welcome you here today. You know, part of our conversation will definitely be around travel, but I thought you had a really interesting story too, because it's not what you've been doing for the bulk of your career and your work life. And um, 
you know, we talked about it before. So, you know, maybe it's a good place to start. But just the fact that you had come from more of a business consulting world and at you found yourself at a juncture that it wasn't working for you anymore. And I think it's a really important message for women and anyone who's listening to hear because often we feel stuck in what we chose to originally do. And although there are a lot of people pivoting, it's not always the easiest decisions to be making. And um, I think it's nice to have people who are models of it, who have done it maybe well, <laughs> but now that <laughs> now that it's working for you. So if that feels like a good place to start, I just welcome you here. And um, thanks for being with us. Yes, definitely. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I, I travel's always been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate to have a family that traveled a lot, especially with my mom and I. So I've always enjoyed it. It's always been in my blood. Um, and even if I think all the way back to college, you know, probably like many kids when you're 18 years old, I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. You know, and in college, I went to a recruiting event and it was for a business consulting firm that um, at the time was still Anderson Consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the recruiting event. And as soon as I heard the word travel and work with clients all over the world, I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is totally what I need to be doing. And so that's really what sold me into consulting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So through that journey, I ended up becoming a supply chain consulting expert. Okay. What does (laughs) that mean? Yeah. I worked with a variety (laughs) of businesses all over the world, even in India, and um, basically helping them prove their um, internal processes around how they bought office supplies or how they brought on employees or. So improving the process, helping redesign their procurement organization mm. and implementing new technologies. So a lot in kind of that operation space yeah. um, versus the logistics, not really the logistics side of supply chain. Mm-hmm. And I did that for, I don't know, a good 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. And yes, to kind of get to what you were saying, eventually after that period of time of when you're in consulting, you travel every single week. So Monday to Thursday, you basically live on the road. And when you're young and you're in your 20s, it's fun. And it was a great time. But eventually it got to a point where it just got really hard. Um, I decided I didn't want to be on the road and in a hotel every night. And um, I had met the person that I knew I was going to marry. And I would be like, I want to be back home. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be gone all the time. And I also, I think I felt this for a long time and I let it build up and I also didn't have passion for the work I was doing. So you have like kind of that combo of just like it's building, building, building these feelings, right? But you're not really doing anything about it because you don't really know what to do about it. Yeah. And it got to a point where eventually I was so stressed out. I went to a, walked into a project all of a sudden was just in panic mode, felt like I didn't know what I was doing and just walked out. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of how our body and, you know, our internal is giving us signs all the time 
but we're not used to paying attention to them. And at some point they're going to be like, I'm not having it anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And something Mm -hmm. spurred in you to just know that that was the moment that change was being invited. Yeah. And when you, when you said signs, there was even physical that had started to show up, right? Like I just got, I got horrible back pain and tension. And all of a sudden I was seeing a chiropractor for the first time. So it was really starting to impact me that something wasn't right and I really need to do something about it. And so having had kind of come to that moment, I actually ended up taking a few months off of work. I took leave and just took some time to myself and it was super helpful and then made a change. And I ended up staying at the consulting firm I was at, but what I did is I switched roles at that time and I moved to an internal position. I wasn't traveling as much. I was basically in a role where I was supporting the consultants Mm-hmm. and helping build our offerings that we would take to clients. So okay. it was a really good change at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you still have some inkling that like, wait a minute, like part of you wanted out, but like, you were. Yeah. Stick around. I still, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know, I never loved supply chain. I was never like, Ooh, procurement is what I want to do the rest of my life. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was a good career and it took me to a yeah. lot of great places mm-hmm. and it it really taught me a lot. Yes, that's great. So I don't regret it at all. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yes, eventually, even after making that change, um, a number of years went by. And again, I knew I wasn't in the right place. Yeah. Um, But, you know, fear of like, well, what does that mean? Where do I go next? What is the right place for me? If I'm entirely honest, I don't really want to give up this salary. You know, a lot of things like that. I don't, you know, I don't know if we mentioned I live in the Bay Area, so it's an expensive place to live. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fear behind knowing you need to make a change, but not actually doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And for some, it's, do you hold on to the salary while you're creating what's next for you? But then to have the bandwidth to do both is a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. So what happened next for you? That was a big part. So then... I was basically forced into a decision because there was some organization of changes with the team that I was on and the role that I was in and the role was discontinued basically. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I was forced into a decision of, do I stay here? Right. Mm. And find something different. Do I go somewhere else, do something similar? You know, what do I do? So I had this time to make that decision. Ultimately, as we've been discussing, I knew it wasn't the right path and nothing yeah. with staying where I was sounded good. I'm, so I'm laughing. Like, okay. Yeah, I'm laughing because it's like <laughs> the universe forced you into a decision. Right? Seriously, it really did. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it's time. Like, right. you know, this is the right path. Now we were telling you to go like, here you yes. go, doors opening, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you already start thinking about the travel field? And not at all. Not at all. Okay, not yet. Not at all. <laughs> No. And so um, this was in November of 2019. Mm, And so because it was also approaching the holidays, I was like, okay, let's just take some time and just figure it out, you know, and Mm -hmm. just think and not put so much demand and pressure on kind of what's next. And I think that was super helpful because I was able to literally just step away and think about what I wanted. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I needed some guides to get me there. So I will say one of the resources that was super helpful for me was a book called Designing Your Life. Um, It's written by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. And Mm -hmm. it was a huge 
help for me. Mm. I don't remember how I heard about it. Mm-hmm. But what I what was great about it was it talked about designing your life as like, what's the life that you want? What's the future that you want? What's going to make you happy? Mm-hmm. And then thinking about what's the career to incorporate into that, you know, versus vice yeah. versa, right? Very smart. Yeah. Um, and it looks at your your heart, your health, your fun, your play, the, all these types of things. And everything that I evaluated was in a good place, mm-hmm. except work. Except work. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such a, it's, well, they're all big parts of our lives, but it takes up so much space, time and space for us. That is, it's huge. And that sounds like a beautiful book. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's great. So I recommend it to anyone who is yeah. kind of at a crossroads. Um, but yeah, ultimately it kind of t- t- led me to a path of, do I, again, do something similar that I know how to do that I'm comfortable in that sort of thing? Do I make a little bit of a change, maybe an industry change or something? I don't know. It kind of puts you in like three options. And then the third was, if you could do anything that fits mm-hmm. into the life you want, yeah. no barriers, what would it be? And when I looked at like, I wanted to still be remote, I wanted to be able to travel, I wanted to be able to spend more time with my son, who's now eight years old, you know, having that flexibility, and do something that I was actually interested in. And I thought of travel. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I don't know specifically what led me to travel agency. I can't remember, to be honest. But as soon as that idea came to me, it really kind of took hold. And That's I still really was cool. in that time right at the end of the year where I was still just kind of thinking, yep. you know, mm-hmm. no decision, but it was like, huh, that's something, you know? So, um, so yeah, ultimately then January of 2020, I had a conversation with my husband about this is what I want to do. I did research on what a lot of people ask, like, does this still do travel advisors or travel agents yeah. still exist? Is this, you know, a career that can really happen? And I learned a lot of positive in the industry um, that it is, and it's evolved. Mm-hmm. And that got me super excited. So when we talked about it, we decided, okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's make it work. So that was January, 2020. And that's a whole nother story of where it went now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at that time. <laughs> well, what it's such a, um, it's a courageous pivot and it's an exciting one too. I like how you reverse engineered it and figured out what could work for my lifestyle. You have mm-hmm. to look at, I think anything we do, you have to look at, could it make me some money, right? Could it break, could it pay the bills? And, but this idea that we can really enjoy what we're doing is it's um, I think a lot is opening up around that. We used to think that we needed that nine to five or, and and certainly as we both know to be on the, I think I, I, I always called it entrepreneur, but I've heard it called more recently solopreneur to be on that journey. Not only can it be lonely, and it can be fun and it can be all the things and you have to work really hard to make it work. So mm-hmm. it, to take that step is a courageous one. So, yeah. So then you got, you thought of the name and I would imagine went through some education of whatever is needed to become a travel agent. And then, yes. yeah, yes, exactly. Through some of, there's some industry organizations, the biggest well, well-known one is Um, It's ASTA, American Society of Travel Advisors. And so I did training through them and I'm certified through them. And that was super helpful. Plus just learning uh, about, you know, I, as I said, I live in California. So the laws of owning a business, how do you Mm. set up an LLC, right? All those sort of things. So that was really the the first attack um, Mm -hmm. 
that I took in, in that journey. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So when you launched, obviously your timing is telling me that it's right around <laughs> when everything shut down. Yeah. That made it really interesting. Um, like everybody at, at first, though, I thought we, you know, this isn't, this is just a little blip in the road, right? This is only going to last sure. a few months, just like right. most people, as we know, it wasn't the case, but um, it, it gave me the time to, to really learn the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, my consulting background came into the setup of the company in terms yeah. of I had time to set up my processes and my templates and just figure out what the client experience was going to be. Mm-hmm. What's my business model? Where do I want to focus? Who do I want to work with? Yeah. You know, all those types of things. And I had real, I had time to figure it out. And so that was a blessing, I would say. Um, and through it all, the other good thing is even with that kind of roadblock, but the passion never went away. I was mm-hmm. still just as excited as when I made the decision. So it really reinforced that yes. I was on the right path. You were on the right path. Yeah. I'd say that you were, but I, I think that that's that, that was what was coming from within you that guided you to where you ended up. So that's so exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I imagine that um, then you began to take clients sort of like one by one almost. And then you're, you just begin to learn the process of what people are looking for and what they need. Did you end up um, declaring a niche for yourself or do you like to keep it kind of broad as, as to who you, who your ideal client or people are to work with? Yes, eventually I did. And it's, it's really funny when I think about the first trip that I did and what I knew then to what I know now, it's just, it's so interesting. I want to go back to them and say, can we redo that one? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, So a lot of lessons learned, but it's been really great. And I guess I specialize in um, us, but specifically more California, I should probably just say California, Mm. um, Mexico, and then a lot of Europe. So Western Europe is really what I focus on and okay. personalized, you know, fully customized trips to Europe, um, mm-hmm. mostly for families. I really enjoy partnering with working moms, mm-hmm. maybe because I can relate to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I thought it was so interesting because I think when I met you in Dara and Kate's Mind Your Business group that were you still living in Valencia, Spain at that time? I was. At and that so, time, I was yeah. living in Valencia. So mm-hmm. you were from the Bay area. And then what was the decision? Because that was amazing that you decided with your husband and child to, I don't know how much say he had, but, yeah. <laughs> but to move for a year to Valencia, Spain, I want to hear more about that. Yes. It's crazy. I, we always, um, we've always wanted to live abroad. So we always just talked about it kind of in our, it was some, at some point in our future life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my husband is a high school Spanish teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but really what drove it was not as much the language. It was more just with him working remote during COVID. I'm used to it. He was not. Okay. So he was stir crazy, yeah. you know, uh-huh. teaching remote for a whole year. He was like, I have got to get out and do mm-hmm. something different. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a driver. And COVID really, really also led us and probably a lot of people to say, why not? And it was now. Yeah. It was such a good time to do it. I wished I had, you know, for his job then, (laughs) 
would he work like really late hours because the high schools in the U.S. or were on the tif- different time zone? Would he be working till midnight? Yes, but you know it's funny. He actually planned on taking a leave, and so uh, he applied for the leave, got approved, was going to just take the year off. But then um, we moved in the summer of 2021, and so going into that school year, there were still a lot of students and families that weren't mm-hmm, comfortable yet mm-hmm. going back to school. Mm-hmm. And so the school contacted people and said, "Hey, who's available to remotely teach Spanish?" And uh, so he ended up doing it ultimately. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, the hours were in the evening. He'd work till midnight. But he didn't yeah. seem to mind. He had his days free. Um, yeah. But one of the coolest things for the students is, you know, if there were festivals or things going on or anything he wanted to show them Very in cool. real life, yeah. he could do that. And so he'd conduct classes walking around on video and oh. and teach about real things happening. So That sounds really neat. I think um, where in the <clears throat> country, country is Valencia and um, what were some takeaways from the culture or things that you loved about the area? Yeah, it's on the East Coast, on the Mediterranean, um, a little further south, um, I would say, but not super south, but more on the southern side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was great. We lived in old, what they call Old Town. Um, and so we had all that culture and the, his- the history where we lived, but it was also only three miles away from the beach. So we had both, which I really yeah. loved. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say the thing that just stands out is... Um, I don't know, the people and I guess what they call like the cafe culture. And in Spain, everybody lives outside. Mm-hmm. You know, most living areas are very small. They don't do a lot of entertaining at home. Mm-hmm. They're out, you know, and mm-hmm. it's affordable to do that. You can go out more often. You can eat and just socialize with people. And so we uh-huh. loved that where we felt like any eventually just walking through our neighborhood, going to the market, going to the park right around the corner we knew people and it, mm-hmm. we felt in just that short amount of time, like home. And we felt like, fam- like we had family and friends there. So That's it was a really amazing. neat experience. Yeah. And then what did your son do? Did he go to a school that was bilingual or? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so he was actually, um, it was a good transition point for him. He had been fully remote for kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so he hadn't been at his new school yet, technically. Yeah. And so it was a good transition. So first grade was in Spain. Yeah. And he went to uh, was the British School of Valencia. So international okay. school, because to make the transition easier, and he also requested, I want to go to a school where there's English. So okay. yeah, so we made that decision. Um, of course, he had Spanish classes and just the language of play on the playground, like he picked it up very quickly. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. And he'd bike to school every day, but he also had a certain level of freedom. You know, we had lived in an apartment that had a playground right, right behind us. And so yes. he could go on his own. Mm-hmm. And like I said, with knowing the neighborhood, feel safe and, and com- comfortable. Yeah. So that's amazing. Did you, I, I feel like going abroad like that is a big leap that a lot of people want to do. Would you say when you were over there, was it, did you miss family a lot or that were back in the States or did it go by quickly, um, faster than you would have realized? Or was it just such a strange time in general that it all worked out? <laughs> yeah, de- well, definitely, definitely that. Yes. Um, we, we got to get rid of the masks before the U.S. So that was nice. <laughs> we had a little bit more freedom a little sooner. Um, 
It it did. It felt like it flew by and I can't believe it's already been over a year that we've been gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I did miss family, but for me, like, or for both of us, actually. So my husband's family is in Southern California. My family is mostly in St. Louis, Missouri. And so we had to travel to see our families anyway. Yes. So in that sense, we were just a little further than normal. Mm -hmm. And we actually did decide to go back home for Christmas. So we were with family for Christmas for a couple of weeks and then. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, I love that you were able to do that. And I would, you know, before we were recording, we were talking about like how the challenges of being a travel designer these days is that things are changing in the world often. And we had brought up Maui and how, the what and especially for you being in California, but I'm sure all over the United States people are going to Maui and that they had complete shutdown after they had the fires. But um, I was saying to you, my sister was saying that it's very quiet there still, but actually, you know, Maui is open to the public. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would I would just imagine that that there's a lot of figuring out that you have to do in you know, you want your clients to have the best experience too when they're there. So does that information filter down for you from your governing kind of body or just people that you know who are traveling to the region to figure out, you know, when, when that, de- and, and a lot of places do have devastation. If you think like I had a friend in Morocco in the summer and then they had, you know, the earthquake. And so, um, yeah, I would imagine that impacts your job a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really helpful. So kind of the umbrella that I'm under, they call it a consortia in the travel industry. Um, really, the the purpose of it is to bring um, a lot of supplier relationships to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you mentioned, I'm a solopreneur. So how do you build those relationships with suppliers that you want to partner with in various destinations? Mm-hmm. So they help with those relationships, which therefore, when which also translates to help with things like this and yeah. when this happens. Mm-hmm. And so um, my consortia, actually, they were debating, do they still have their owner's conference in Maui? Mm-hmm. You know, boots on the ground said, yes, still come. We want the support. And then they were able to then kind of give us feedback on what's it like there. What are the everyday people saying? And yeah. they want people to come. So okay. that's definitely a mm-hmm. word to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want people to be there. Um but it's helpful to get that information. And then even for other things like Morocco, like you said, like we can learn from our suppliers who are there in destination, mm-hmm. what it's like, mm-hmm. what people are like saying, should clients still come or not? And if they do, what do we keep in mind? So that's mm-hmm. really helpful. Yeah. 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 I love that. I know I was looking at some of your FAQs on the website and that question is when people ask, should I get trip insurance? And then you said, Yes, that's a good idea um, <laughs> to just to just hold it because we think like, oh, we don't need it. But especially through COVID. Um, yeah, yeah, more and well, more. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I, OK, well, I was I was thinking about COVID, too, and just like how travel had completely shut down. I remember going to Miami. It was kind of funny. We went in the um, 2020. It was uh, February of 2021. And I think we had some credits at the Fontainebleau in Miami. And so we needed to use them. They were probably from spring break 2020. And so we went down and, you know, it's like, it was pretty quiet then still. Right. But 
not in Miami. And so it was just kind of funny because I'm sure people were really flying around then. But I remember it was like it was like Miami, you know, hadn't even heard of COVID. And I'm saying that in a funny way. Yeah. Where we were staying. It's true. Like all the states, it was so different, whereas California was one of the strictest. And so that was also why kind of going to Spain, we were like, oof, get away from that a little bit. Yes. Yes. Well, you got me excited about Valencia because, um, we are we are planning to go to Barcelona next year, and I don't know how far apart those are, but I know maybe both on the eastern side of the country. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, well, your job it sounds um, really fascinating what you do, and I don't think that people know. Like I've had the opportunity to work with you, and it's kind of surprising. Like I I think that you had written somewhere. I don't know if it was on a blog post or just on your website, but. You, you know, you're like, hey, if you're if you're tired of Googling a million things to plan your vacation. And I know for myself and I'm sure this is really common vacation planning paralysis. And when you're just like, <laughs> OK, I looked at the flies, you know, and your dates and everything. But I've found that um, having you support us uh, takes things off your plates and or our plate and then. And then you're able to give optionality. But if you kind of for I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who haven't really used a travel agent, but what kind of Mm -hmm. services do you provide? Yes, yes, I I, it's a really good way to put that. Yeah, take the stress and time of travel planning off your plate, because it's true. Something like travel, that is something you can do on your own. But you can also manage your finances on your own. You can sell or buy a house on your own. So there's benefit to hiring experts in certain ways, right? Um, yeah, I have found that um, one of the things that I like to ask um, clients when I first start working with them is why did they reach out for help? So it's really super helpful for me to know what do they, what do they want help with? Why do they need that help? Um, and a lot of the things are, you know, knowing where, where they want to go, but needing help with the research, like you said, um, sometimes they're going on a first trip, like they've never been to Europe, or they never traveled internationally, or they've never gone on a cruise. So speaking with an expert can be helpful. Um, saving time and effort on the research part. Um, they're super busy, they have kids, they don't have the bandwidth. And in some cases, too, they want it to be memorable special and they don't think they can do the trip justice right so they want to make sure that it's planned right um the other thing that with the research is i work with vetted partners so for example meaning i can help narrow down your list of hotels for example Mm -hmm. so rather than having the whole internet and reading reviews of where should we stay i already have a vetted list of properties and after having a conversation with you understanding what you like, what types of places that you, that you enjoy to stay in, what location, then I can kind of provide options and say, this is what it sounds like you're looking for. Here's a few for you to pick from. That's So So it really helps that process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I know uh, because when you helped us for London, I had never been to London. It's a huge city, didn't know where to stay. And then we ended up in a really nice apartment because those, um, they're, I noticed on your website too, and I think I knew this about you, but you don't partner with Airbnb and VRBO. It's usually sort of, I'm going to say private apartments, but but more mm-hmm. what you're saying, vetted vendors of these apartments that's trustworthy and, exactly. and safe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that you'll get a, a dependable level of service too, yeah. because mm-hmm. I know the people that are managing the property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not renting from someone, whereas I, have, I don't have as much control if it's just an owner who's renting their place on Airbnb. You don't always right. know what you're going to get. Pictures don't yeah. always deliver. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's vetted properties where you can still get that type of a rental, but it's a little bit more trustworthy, I would say. So do those people, when they're more of a private apartment, like vetted, are those people then they're, they're probably not putting their apartment on like a Airbnb type site. Do they often just kind of contract with, uh, travel agents? So those are on with those partners. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. a dip, they're part of a different market in a way. Yeah. That's really nice. Uh huh. And I feel like, um, because we all know your travel to any of these places is expensive and it can be, that's the part that can be really daunting to the consumer. I think is when I, before I worked with you and I was on like looking at London hotels, forget it. I mean, it's just like, talk about stopping you dead in your tracks. You're just like, I don't even know if I can do this, but then you found more affordable options that were actually really nice. And that's how I kind of, I always thought like, oh, I like to stay in hotels. It's like, especially if it's kind of a nice hotel, but the more I think I get older, I just want more space. And I just want, like, it's so nice to have the kitchenette and even like a little family room area. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it really depends on the city and the time and where you're going to, because sometimes yeah. hotels can be more affordable, mm-hmm. but like you said, mm-hmm. if you want more space, so it really yeah really yeah. depends on what's the priority for that particular trip yeah. um the other thing is I really want to make sure the trip is special for clients mm-hmm. and so working with some of these apartment providers they also provide services like grocery delivery oh, and nice. yeah. you know so or even I can share amenities before right. people arrive or yeah. butler service or laundry so there's a lot more of those types of services that you mm. would typically find in a hotel that you can also get if you get an apartment. Oh, very cool. I love that. Um, so I was looking at one of your blog posts and on your Facebook about like you were at this great um, Greece and I think you said Cyprus. But my question to you is what are the perks um, of being a travel <laughs> agent? And that certainly looked like one of them. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely <laughs> one of them. Yes. That's a benefit where, um, um, again, building relationships with partners that I work with in the industry that help create these client experiences for me, they can help provide educational trips like that, where I'm hosted and and Mm -hmm. invited on it with a small group of travel advisors, and they take us to various properties, cities that I haven't been to before, and they Mm -hmm. show you what are the types of experiences that your clients can have if they, if you send them there. Yeah. So yes, that's a huge benefit because it's Mm -hmm. super fun for me, but it also, you know, translates to learning more about a destination so that Mm -hmm. I can really help pinpoint if it's the right fit for a client and what they would do when they're there. Yeah. Yeah. And what Mm -hmm. do you, the question that came to mind is what do you are there challenges for you too? Because you said you have an eight-year-old. So is that sometimes, can that be a challenge just needing to be out of town to go do your research, even though it's like the most lovely thing to be doing? (laughs) Yes. I would say, I think, yes, with him being younger right now, 
it is a tougher age because I do need to be here more also with the hours that my husband works. So we have to get more support when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't travel right now as much as I would like to. Yeah. And that's probably another perk too, but makes it hard is, you know, I spend my days learning about and, and researching amazing destinations. And so there's this constant wanderlust that mm-hmm. you always want to be traveling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have to be very thoughtful about which of those trips I take, making sure that it's going to benefit, you know, the destinations and the clients that I'm working with and places they want to go. um, Not just a random place. Mm. I always um, remember how we had uh, travel and leisure and well, that magazine I'm remembering, I can't remember other, but in lieu of like magazines being so passe now and out of print, do you have favorite <laughs> websites that, you know, clients can go to or just consumers who want to dream? And because those, I always remember picking those up, you know, in the doctor's office or something and you'd be like, oh my God, this place looks out of sight. Mm-hmm. And travel and leisure is still a big one. Is it? Um, they do still have the magazine, but they also have a great website where you can read a ton in fact, I yeah. send a lot of, of articles from there to clients and sometimes mm-hmm. in my newsletter because there's a lot of information there. Condonest Traveler is another one, too, okay. that I really like. Yeah. And they're both on Instagram if you are on Instagram. So, yeah. you know, they'll highlight an article and you can go read it from there. So, Ooh. yeah, those are good resources. What um, this might be a big question, but um, if you had to name your few top favorite places in the world you visited, what would come top of mind? Yes, that is a hard question, <laughs> but I would say um, a favorite has always been Cabo San Lucas. Mm. My husband and I, we've taken and a number of trips there that that's our adults only vacation. Okay. So <laughs> not only do we love the destination, we just make great memories there kind of having our time. Yeah. So that's really nice. Um, and then Europe is huge for me, like holds a place in my heart forever. Spain, of course, with mm-hmm. living there and the more we learned and got to travel throughout Spain, I fell in love with mm-hmm. it. And my, my next new favorite is Portugal. Um, we spent yeah. a long weekend in Porto and I loved it way more than I even thought I would. Ooh, so yeah. that's so another good destination. Yeah. I imagine you have some really good airline miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definite Not perk. as much as consulting though. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah. I was thinking about that. That's that, that was the perk of consulting. You had to trade that in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I noticed on your website too, and I'll just mention it because it, because it, I, I've never heard of it, but you had something about these changes that are occurring in Europe called the ETIAs. I don't know how you say that the European travel information and authorization system Mm -hmm. that's coming in 2024, what would just, you know, in general, what does that look like for an American traveler? Let's say. Yeah. So it does impact the U S and actually side note, they've pushed it out again to 2025. So we've got a bit more time. (laughs) Good. <laughs> yeah, yes. but basically it's not the same thing as a visa, but it is like an application that you would need to submit. And it's okay. just a few questions yeah. just to kind of get that information for them, um, for the European Union that okay. you're going. Okay. Um, so it's it's more like tracking who's coming in and who's out of the country. Okay. Yeah, so but it's not it's not the same as a visa. 
That's so interesting because someone just said to me, well, you know, Maureen, if you're going there next year, you've got to have a visa. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so this was what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because it seems like a visa because it's, it's, I think it's something that's totally different. So it doesn't really have a name. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But you Definitely. do have to fill it out. You do have to get it approved to go. Okay. But it's different. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. We will. I want to ask you the last things that are a couple of things. I, there's so many fun questions, but on Christine's website, I think, you know, there's a, if you sign up for the email list, there's a freebie. Well, you, it's just really your ultimate packing list. Um, but that look, I have not done that yet, but I want to do that and um, receive that because packing is always something that, you know, most of us can do a little bit better. We're not like some people have it down, but um, oh yeah, I was going to ask you any general travel do's and don'ts. Yes. And (laughs) quickly on the checklist. I mean, I still use a checklist every time I pack, especially ever since I've had a kid. Yeah. I'm like, what do I need for him? I need to remember. So I think it's super helpful. It makes it so much easier. Um, One last thing out on, you know, in your brain. Um, Yeah. I think some, gosh, there's so many do's and don'ts and it really depends on where you're going, but Mm -hmm. just a few off the top of my head. Um, travel if you're female travel or even men now don't have an open purse mm-hmm. you know it's popular to just have like the bag bag yeah. and open no zipper I would say you know always keep your phone your wallet your passport especially more secure mm-hmm. um, so zip top is the way to go don't put it behind you on your yep. chair mm-hmm. make sure that it's in front of you so just little things like that um the sooner you can plan is always good for getting the availability at the place that you want to stay, the location that you want, even for pricing, it can be helpful. So I would mm-hmm. say plan ahead. Okay. Um, if you're cruising, um, one tip for that is always fly in the night before. So if you have any travel issues, you don't miss, you know, boarding your yeah. cruise. <laughs> right. It happens, right? Because <laughs> that would be <laughs> terrible. It happens. Uh-huh. Um, your carry-on. Pack extra clothes in case anything happens to your luggage. Yeah. No, so hopefully you, you that do doesn't. That. But okay, yeah, that's I do a good that. One. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like pack any medication. All all of the important things should be in your carry on. Mm, and okay. something that's starting starting now is I don't know if you've heard of Apple Air Tags and if there's something similar in the industry, but I we have the Air Tags. We put those in our luggage, and it it tracks it. So basically, wow. you can see through an app on your phone. Okay, we've arrived at the airport. It's in the it's it's, it's in the airport. I know it's here. Oh wow! It should be coming up on baggage yeah. soon. And no, if it's not, that. like sometimes the airline doesn't know where it is, but mm-hmm. you can say, well, it's wherever my connection was. You know, yes. find it there. Yep. So you can actually you know track your own luggage, and okay. you're not fully dependent on the airline. That's a so. good tip. I like that a lot. Those two yeah. for me, like to pack extra and then have the air tag is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, I mean, obviously um, travel is in full force again, but do you see trends in the industry too that uh, I find this with kids applying to college, there's trends and all of a sudden there's like a hot school people yeah. want to get into. Is it like that with travel too? Yes. And I would say like this summer, Europe was like crazy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so crowded because everyone was traveling again. And yeah. Italy was 
one of the main destinations. Like everybody was in Italy. So if you were there this summer, it was crowded. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, Italy is a big one. Um, I've seen a lot of London and Paris Mm -hmm. are really popular. Um, I would say those are the top three that Mm -hmm. I'm seeing right now. Okay. Yeah. Travel is back. Yeah. If you can go away (laughs) from summer, that's probably the ultimate. Yes. I, they call it shoulder season, right? So like spring or even into fall, those are always really good times to, yeah, to travel because it's a little bit less crowded. And really nice weather too, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, well, as we finish up, Christine, I thank you so much for having this fun conversation. And um, uh, where can people find you, number one? And I think that I'm going to say before we end that your website, I'll let you say what that is, but um your website is, I really like the inspiration you have on there and your blog posts. And, you know, it's, it's just really fun to see where you're traveling and get some inside tips. Like I saw that one that were like top three places in Italy and just, you know, those can really form the backbone of a trip. So I think they're really um, great resources. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, the website is macmillantravel.com. Um, my email is christine at macmillantravel.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. That's probably the main social that I use. And that's actually Macmillan Travel Design okay. a little bit longer. Yeah, that'll yeah. um that'll be all in the show notes. So I'll include that. And Perfect. what's the next place that you're traveling? Ooh, the next place. <laughs> we have some big plans definitely for next summer back mm-hmm. to Europe. Uh, um, I need to get back to Spain. I want to see the northern part. I haven't yeah. seen that as much. So um, like San Sebastian and the Basque region. Mm-hmm. I also want to spend more time in Portugal. So I'm planning Lisbon and the Algarve. Beautiful. Um, and London. Those yeah. are those are my goals for next summer. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for being here and giving us so much rich information. And um, yeah, there'll be many ways to reach out and check out Christine's work. But I appreciate you. And thanks to the Thank listeners. you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Christine. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit MaureenSpielman.com or MysticalSisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.